Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We have heard these words two times this morning. Uh, first in our psalm, and also from Christ himself. Um, it's a word I hear all the time. Um, but I do not catch the weight of what is being said when these words are said and spoken over me. What is being said? What do these scriptures mean for us today? When I imagine a meek person, I do not think of someone that I want to be. They're not going anywhere. Um, They have nothing going for them. Um, They're disposed to more powerful people. Um, And yet Christ calls these people blessed and happy. So I'd like us to meditate on these simple words this morning. The words of what it means to be meek. The word meek is hard to define, but it speaks to the very center of our Christian identity. If you compare 50 Bible translations, I did this today, they have this cool tool online, that just 50 translations. And I look down, um, and often the word meek is replaced with the words and the likes of the words gentle and lowly. Um, these are two words that Jesus uses to describe himself. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Jesus says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, Jesus is meek, and he says to us all, come to me, follow me, and learn from me, so that we can find rest for our souls. In other words, we must become meek if we were to follow Christ. We must be lowly to inherit the kingdom. I know that already, I think. I've heard it a thousand times. The kingdom of God is for little children. And it says in our Corinthians passage that God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chooses what is low and despised in the world so that no human may boast in the presence of God. And yet the more I think about these words, the meaning of meekness, the more I have to confess deep resistance within my heart. For all of my youth, I've been chasing many ever-changing and unattainable ideals for my life. Worries about a financial future or who I will spend my days with. I have the desire to wake up in the morning with zeal to do and love what I do. And also, I really want to live quiet and peaceably. I want wealth, friends, power, influence, and control. I want to be great. And this becomes the default perspective of my life, where my self-concern is central. Daily life becomes a constant struggle to attain this happiness and peace of mind that I strive after. I finish most days left wanting, and many of my desires pass unfulfilled, and I am full of unrest. Now, this is common to the human experience. Um, My own is only an example of what probably all of us in this room experience is the struggle of trying to live a life that's meaningful, full of purpose, and that isn't so full of toil. Um, But it's in this struggle for me that I neglect what is food for my soul. I starve myself instead of finding the place that feeds me or the person. I like to be anything but meek, gentle, and lowly 
because to be meek is to give up my own search for self-satisfaction. So I choose to become envious of others instead, who have what I want, even when I have all that I need. Instead of trusting the promises of God, I live in such a way as if life is mine for the taking. And just like that, I have lost sight of my destiny in Christ. I do not know how to keep my heart open before God at all times with patient trust that he will fill my emptiness, heal my brokenness, and finish what he started with me. But what can we then learn from the way of the meek? Is it possible for us to become a kind of person that can let go of our striving and instead constantly rely on the promises of God? Well, let us turn back to the simple, the simple words in the psalm and in the gospel. Again, Jesus says to us, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the psalm extends this to us by saying, The meek shall delight themselves in abundant prosperity. So we can take three things away from this simple saying. First, the lowly people, the meek people, are called blessed or happy. Two, they shall have an inheritance. And three, this inheritance will bring about abundance. So first, the meek are blessed. This word blessed implies supreme happiness. And many translations also use the word happiness here in the gospel. And so we should read the words of Jesus in this way, who says, supremely happy are the poor, the meek, those who mourn and hunger and thirst. That's really backwards from what I think gives happiness. I do not want to be poor. I want to be rich. I do not want to mourn. I want to be, well, well happy. And I do not want to hunger. I want to be filled. All of these things do not seem to promote happiness. They instead seem to cause struggle and pain. But there is something else going on here. And Paul reminds the church in Corinth. What seems wrong to me is the way God works in the world. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Why then are the meek happy? Because humility is the place of our conversion. The beginning of the spiritual life. And so the meek are those who are ready to receive from the Heavenly Father. But to enter into this happiness requires that we first accept the disposition that we are weak, vulnerable, and full of limitations. To bear a gentle and lowly heart is to embrace a mellowness of spirit that quiets the voices that say, I do not have enough, or I am not enough. I also cannot listen or seek or have eyes to see God when I am puffed up in the middle of my own pursuits. And Henry Nowen says this, that a life without a quiet center easily becomes destructive. I need a quiet center. I need my weakness to quiet my compulsive drive for greatness. And so that a solitude of a contrite heart, as Nowen continues, can slowly unmask the illusion of my possessiveness and so that I can discover in the center of my own self that I am not what I can conquer, but I am what that is given to me. Our conversion begins when our hearts become sober and our spirits mellow, free from the frenzy of strife and toil and vain pursuit. It is then that we can start to depend on God as our daily bread. And when we depend on him, we will ever so slowly see the promises of God unfold in our lives. The meek are therefore happy because they have vision a vision that sees abundant inheritance, 
that God has in store for his people. And so what is this hope of inheritance that the meek have? Well, the theme of inheritance is a core narrative theme for Israel, and it is a common theme for us to put our hope in God. For Israel, the inheritance comes chiefly through the motif of the land. The inheritance is the land that is God that God promises to Israel, um, that he will deliver them from slavery and to a land overflowing with milk and honey. And we see this promise unfold throughout Scripture. The people of Israel are delivered from the strife of their slavery and brought into a fruitful land. Though Walter Brueggemann, who is an old, uh, an old Testament scholar, points out that this land for Israel is as much a problem as it is a promise for them. Because Israel constantly turns from God toward idolatry, to which Israel is overturned into exile because they have forsaken God. But this is so that Israel can once again learn the blessedness of meekness and return to God and receive from God. We also, as Christians, have an inheritance. Ephesians reminds us that we have redemption according to the riches of his grace that he lavishes upon us to unite all things to him. Our inheritance is life with Christ, where redemption and healing meet the fullness of joy and rest. This inheritance is nothing that we can bring about for ourselves. It is a sheer gift that we receive from God. And there is no other kind of person but those who are lowly, who know their own need, and who likewise have eyes to see and wait and trust in God, who know of their inheritance. This is the reflection upon um, what David is saying in our psalm reading. When he says, delight yourselves in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And also, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his own way. These words remind us that God is the giver of all good things, to which his very presence is the greatest of all gifts. And it is with patient trust in the Lord that we will receive our daily bread and the deep cravings of our heart fulfilled. And so lastly, the inheritance of the meek is happy because they are filled with abundance and prosperity that can only come from our Heavenly Father. Contrary to our imagination, the meek are not those who are somber or low in stature. The meek are not some neglected people who are beaten up by life. We are not called to live without a vision for joy. Paul in Philippians reminds us of this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Meekness is much rather the gateway to abundant life. Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus is also the way to the Father, and who, as we have learned, who is himself gentle and lowly, which means that meekness is not an invitation to a life bereft of joy, but the way to joy itself. Without a heart attuned toward a lowly disposition, it is easy to live with the illusions that I must strive to be anything but weak or meek. But when I walk in the manner, uh, but when I walk in this manner of Striving, I trade away the promises of God for idolatry and addiction and vice, to which I become a slave to many worries and fears and preoccupations. Having eyes to see the way of the lowly, it actually becomes somehow the path to true freedom. 
For it is here that God speaks, his promises are made known, and his gifts are received. This reminds me of one of my favorite books by C.S. Lewis. Um, It's from his Cosmic Trilogy, which is a a work of fiction. Um, But in in one of those books, his main character, Ransom, comes to the end of himself after much striving and effort, trying to be the hero of, a, of the story, to which he finally hears an angel say to him at the end of this book, be comforted, small one, in your smallness. God lays no merit on you. Receive and be glad. Yes, it is just that. Only in my smallness, in my being made low, am I able to receive abundant life from God and be truly glad. So the invitation I think for us today is to lay down the burdens of our own greatness, to become low and meek so that we can receive from our heavenly father. We need not live in the search for the lofty and mighty for God is with us and he meets us where we are. All of our labor need not be carried on our own strength for we look to Christ who says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus and hear him say to us all, come to me and learn from me, so that we can understand that happy are the meek, for they shall delight themselves in abundant peace.